name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. I have a question for you. If you were kidnapped, what would your ransom be? Hi, welcome to this week's training strategically designed to give you an edge in your industry. Today I want to talk about increasing your value in a very simple way, but first I want to tell you an amazing story. In 75 BC, 25-year-old Julius Caesar was selling the agency when he was kidnapped by Sicilian pirates. According to Plutarch, when the pirates asked for a ransom of 20 talents of silver, approximately $600,000, Caesar laughed in their faces. They didn't know who they captured, he said, and demanded that they ask for 50 talents of silver because 20 simply was not enough. The pirates, of course, agreed, and Caesar sent some of his associates off to gather the silver, a task that took about 38 days. Now, nearly alone with the pirates, only two servants and a friend remained with him, Caesar refused to cower. Instead, he treated the pirates as if they were his subordinates. He even went so far as to demand that they not talk whenever he decided to sleep. He spent most of his time with them composing and reciting poetry and writing speeches. <laughs> he would then recite the, works, uh, recite the works to the pirates. He also played various games with the pirates and participated in their exercises, generally acting as if he wasn't a prisoner, but rather their leader. The pirates quickly grew to respect and like him. They allowed him freedom to move and pretty much do what he pleased on their island and ships. While Caesar was friendly with the pirates, he didn't appreciate being held captive, and he told the pirates that after the ransom was paid, he would hunt them down and he would have them crucified. Once he was freed, he made good on that promise, despite the fact that he was a private citizen. Caesar managed quickly to raise a small fleet, which he took back to the island where he'd been held captive. Apparently, the pirates hadn't taken his threat seriously because they were still there when he arrived. He captured them, and then he took back his 50 talents of silver along with all of their possessions. He next delivered the pirates to the authorities at the prison at Pergamum and then traveled to meet the proconsul of Asia, Marcus Junius, to petition to have the pirates executed. But the proconsul refused. He wanted to sell the pirates as slaves and take the spoils himself. Undeterred, Caesar traveled back to Pergamon, where the Sicilian pirates were being held and ordered that they be crucified. Before they went through their ordeal, however, Caesar showed some leniency. Instead, he cut their throats. Now, this story is amazing to me. Before he was Caesar, he acted like Caesar. His absolute surety of his value, his worth, his future create a fearlessness where he actually bossed the pirates around and demanded that they asked for more ransom. Often we make the mistake of viewing ourselves in our current reality, our current state, instead of our future one. And this is easy to do because the brain believes what it sees unless it's challenged. The fascinating thing about the brain is the interaction between the subconscious and the conscious. The subconscious can only take in data, not create data. So it gets its data from your self-talk, your beliefs, and your spoken words, even if all of your self-talk, beliefs, and words are contrary to current circumstances. Now this is powerful. 
This means that you can give your subconscious data of what your future self looks like, will be doing, and how it will be living. But the trick is you have to believe it and see it as a present reality now. The subconscious doesn't process future, it only processes present. Once you begin living from your future self in the present, your conscious decisions, actions, etc. will all align with that future person literally bringing it into the present. Now, I'm not talking about any New Age concept at all. It's a biblical concept. Concept. God created things that did not exist by His Word. He believes, He speaks. We believe, we speak. Faith sees, and what you see, you possess. But that's not the topic I want to talk about today, although it's fascinating. I want to shift gears, and I want to give you a simple way to increase your value and prepare you for opportunities before they come. Yesterday, I was at a Lunches with Leaders event at the Chamber, and the speaker is our current president of our local community college. And one thing that she emphasized was doing the things that you might not want to do because doing those things will prepare you for advancement and opportunity that others might, be not, might not be ready to seize because they didn't do those things. She explained that one of the things that was super important was education, obviously, but she wasn't referring just to college education. She said to create a lifestyle of learning. You must keep up or you'll cease to be relevant. Us entrepreneurs wear many hats, but there are some hats that we don't want to wear and we don't want to know how to wear. And that's where Fiverr comes in. Fiverr puts the whole world of freelance talent at your fingertips for all kinds of things that we need done, like logo design, writing and translation, digital marketing, video and animation, music and audio, programming and tech, web design, and more. They even have lifestyle freelancers to help you with personal style relationship coaching, health and fitness, and so much more. I recently used them to type the transcript of a video for me and was amazed at how fast and professional my freelancer was. You'll find high quality services at every price point. There's no hourly rates, just project-based pricing, and your payments are protected. Go to sherrylovesfiverr.com and get started. That's Sherry with an I and Fiverr with two R's. Simon T. Bailey, a phenomenal speaker and businessman, says never be comfortable with the way you've always done it. The world is moving way too fast and new technology and new ideas to stay in your comfort zone. Every leader, every creator, every entrepreneur, every employeepreneur is a teacher and a student. And companies are beginning to realize the necessity for always learning new things and staying on top of your game. game. The computer store requires 100 hours per year of ongoing training for their employees on their own time. CenturyLink or AT&T, I can't remember which one, also requires ongoing training. It can be anything from online courses to college classes to seminars, etc. Those who do not spend 5 to 10 hours per week in online studying will become obsolete according to research and data. I mentioned last week that one part of the happiness recipe is hope, and learning new things increases hope. I also mentioned two websites that are great resources, lynda.com spelled with a Y and Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com. Now these two sites, especially lynda.com, have taken advantage of the micro-learning movement. The adult attention span is three to five minutes instead of 
12 minutes like it was. So online education platform gives you learning chunks in three to five minutes. Now I'm not affiliated with Linda or Udemy, but I want to present to you a picture that you are not too busy to educate yourself five to 10 minutes at a time. So back to the original question. If you were kidnapped today, what would your ransom be? Would you recognize your value and laugh at such a paltry number and demand a higher ransom? The answer to that question is this. Are you doing things now to improve yourself and your skill sets as a person and professional? That communicates to me how much you value yourself. Do you have a personal development plan? Have you assessed the areas where you need to improve your skills and then put in action a training strategy to take your professional skills to another level? Do things now when no one is looking that will make you the one that juts out above the rest? And a final story to prove my point. This story, I cannot remember the company, I'm sorry about that, but there was a man that worked at a pharmaceutical company in the mailroom. But he didn't see himself as a mailroom employee. He saw himself as an executive in the company. So on his own time, he attended pharmaceutical seminars, conferences, and other training. And at one such event, he spoke with the owner of a competing company. And he impressed that man so much that he called uh, his boss, trying to hire him away from the company he was a mailroom employee. The current boss said, no way was he going to let go of such a valuable employee. The funny thing is, he had no idea who this guy was. So he immediately commanded his assistant, go find out who the heck this guy is and get him up here in my office. He was quite surprised to learn that he worked in the mailroom. So he went to the CEO's, CEO's office and he immediately went from being a mailroom employee to an executive making $150,000 a year. Instead of working up the company's ladder, he worked on his own ladder behind the scenes. And that made him ready for opportunity. So let's recap. Adjust your view of yourself from the present self to the future self that you want to be. Then, provide data to your subconscious that aligns your decisions and your actions with your future now. In other words, pull your future self into your present. Number three, do the things that you don't want to do now so that you'll be prepared for the things that you want to do later. Number four, create a lifestyle of learning so that you remain relevant in, relevant in your fear, uh, field. Number five, don't be comfortable ever with the way you're doing things now. And six, create an education and personal development program and work toward that five to ten hours a week of learning. And finally, the care you give your personal and professional development communicates the value you place on yourself and your future. I want to encourage you from my heart to pass this on, especially this week's training. We have too many in today's society that feel worthless or have little or no value. And I personally believe that's why we have so many issues with our young people and even adults, especially in the workplace. Because if people don't have a vision for themselves, they don't live within valuable constraints toward that vision. And I want to encourage you to invite people to this group. We know the value of training, and you should know that even more today so that you can stand out above all the rest. And I believe we provide that here. So I will see you next week. Have a great one. I love taking quizzes, and I love making quizzes. And I've developed a quiz just for introverts. Us introverted entrepreneurs can have a rough time starting that combo, pitching our product or service, and networking in a way that produces more business can be nerve-wracking and it can be overwhelming. 
But did you know that there are actually four introvert types? I had no idea until I began to research it. And from that research, I developed the introvert flavor quiz. You'll learn which type of introvert you are, how you connect best with clients, how you best conduct business and more. So head over to sherryannwilson.com forward slash introvert dash flavor dash quiz and find out your introvert flavor. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? Joseph.